Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Moving Up the Ladder, a show where we interview experts about how to move up the corporate ladder. And today we are talking about the art of micro-mentoring, and joining us to talk about that is Karen Catlin, and she is an advocate for technical women. So Karen, could you kind of define for us or describe what the art of micro-mentoring really is? Sure. Thanks, Katie. First of all, let me start by just talking about what traditional mentoring is briefly. Mm -hmm. And there are two kinds of traditional mentoring. One is a formal program that an employer might offer to people to match more experienced people with less experienced people. Mm -hmm. Um, And these programs, you know, they provide a good structure for meeting regularly, and they typically provide training on what makes a good mentoring relationship, and maybe even topics to discuss each month to make sure the conversation's moving along. And then there are also traditional mentoring relationships, which aren't those formal programs, yet someone will approach someone else and say, will you be my mentor? I want to learn from you. And so those are two kinds of very traditional mentoring programs. Okay. By contrast, micro-mentoring is a lot more casual, and it's quite simple. You seek advice from someone when you need it, from someone you respect. And it's not necessarily your next scheduled mentoring meeting or... It's not part of a program. It's just getting advice from someone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just in time from just the right person kind of approach. All right. So where did you discover micromentoring? I feel like this might be something that people are kind of doing subconsciously, like they don't realize that they're actually micromentoring, but they're doing it. So where did you kind of really reveal that this was actually happening and this was a real thing? You're right on the money there. I remember it really well when I first kind of had this aha moment of there was something called micromentoring. I was attending a panel discussion about the value of mentoring, Mm -hmm. and one of the panelists, who was a vice president at a software company, shared with me that he had, or shared with the panel, that he had never had a formal mentor. But he asked for advice on an ad hoc basis from people he respected, and he was the person who called it micro-mentoring. And the reason I remember this so well is that because up until that point, I had assumed that all highly successful people had these mentors, these incredible mentors that they could talk to all the time. And it was kind of a relief to know that I was wrong about that because I had never had one of these formal mentors myself. Mm -hmm. I knew it was a best practice, but I just had never gotten around to it or was intimidated by doing that. But instead, like the panelist, I had sought out advice when I needed it. And my career was doing just fine, just like this panelist. And so it was kind of a relief to know there was some other approach to getting this kind of career support. Sure. So what is your experience with micro-mentoring? Have you kind of been on both sides of the table? And what does it look like when you're on both sides of the table? You're asking for help, but then you're also giving help to people. Right, right. So I love micro-mentoring, and I definitely am on both sides of the, of the table and have been, I feel like, my whole career. So here are two examples of when I've asked for advice recently mm-hmm. or in the past. So not too long ago, I was told I was going to get a promotion at work. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to some men I knew at my company who had recently gotten that same kind of promotion to that same level. You know, as you may know, women tend to not have the best reputation around negotiation. Mm -hmm. So I asked these two men if they had negotiated their promotion or if they had just taken what was given to them. And it really helped me identify how I wanted to approach this. And I was prepared for having that discussion with my manager when we sat down to talk about it. Another example is when I was first getting started with Twitter. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of followers and I wanted to get more followers. 
And so I asked someone else who um, was further along in their Twitter experience and had a couple thousand people following her, you know, how did she grow those followers? What did she do? And then she gave me some tips and I figured out which ones would work for me and, and I've implemented those and they've been really helpful. And then on the other side of the table, I really enjoy being a micromentor for other people. It's, you know, it's flattering to be asked for my advice mm-hmm. and I really enjoy helping other people. So it's a really great thing for me to do. In fact, just last week, there's an example of someone reaching out to me for micromentoring. I recently gave a TEDx talk mm-hmm. and last week I received an email from a woman who I used to babysit when she was a young girl. And she heard about my TED Talk, and turns out she's going to be giving one in the fall. And so she was asking me for advice on how how I prepared um, and what that whole process was like so that she could, you know, figure out how to prepare for hers. And of course, it was so fun to reconnect with her. I hadn't heard from her in years and years, and I was really happy to share what had worked for me. Would you say that uh, micro-mentoring is more beneficial than a traditional mentoring, whether that be through a program or just like the informal, will you be my mentor type thing? I don't think one is more beneficial than the other. They're just different. Mm-hmm. And I've mentored through many of these formal programs that have been set up by my employer or some nonprofits that I belong to and, and even my alumni organization through my school. And they can be really effective for the people participating in the program. And there are even studies um, that have been done on these formal mentoring programs that prove the effectiveness of them. But the thing is that not everyone has access to one of these formal programs. And so for people who don't have access, or if they just want to supplement what they're doing through these formal programs with these more ad hoc relationships, this micro-mentoring approach is just such a great solution. Mm -hmm. And so neither, I don't see that one is more beneficial than the other. They're just complementary. Perfect. So let's dive into micromentoring a little bit. Why do you call it an art? Yeah. Um, so it's a skill that you have to learn, right? Micromentoring, mm-hmm. it takes practice. Um, it takes practice to figure out what kind of questions can you ask from somebody in an ad hoc kind of basis and how you're going to ask them and who you're going to ask. And frankly, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get at doing it. And you refine how you do it and get better at it. And so it's a style that you need to develop just like any art form. Okay. And that's why I call it, yeah, art. So when you were kind of starting with your revelation and micro-mentoring, um, how did you go about developing your style? Yeah, so, and I think this is because someone asked me a question to get my advice, and I realized how effective it was, and then I started incorporating this into how I asked others for advice. Mm-hmm. And it was, this. someone asked me, tell me about a time that you... And then she, she asked me the rest of the question. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting to think about not necessarily what's your advice about doing X, Y, or Z, but tell me about a time you had the same sort of situation or struggled with this or had to do this. Tell me about that time and, and then let me learn from the story you're telling me. It's a really, it, really effective approach. It's something I think of as a best practice. I um, kind of saw an article that you had on LinkedIn about the art of micromentoring, and one of the things that you had pointed out on how to get started is be specific about the advice you're seeking. So I think that, you know, tell me about a time, and then you ask your question, is a really great way to be specific about what you're asking. Do you have any other examples of how people can be specific about what they're asking? Yes. I'll give tell a story about a time that was not specific. And I, mm-hmm. I get this question a lot. People approach me and ask, how can I become a people manager? How can I become a manager at work? And it's such a broad topic. It's really hard to answer that 
in you know a half hour or an hour conversation with someone. It's um, it's it's a pretty large topic. But by contrast, one person um, I remember approached me, and she wanted to become a people manager, but she didn't ask that broad question: How do I become a manager? She said, "How can I get experience managing people?" And it turns out that she had applied for a job as a people manager, and they told her, "Yeah, it's an entry level." position for someone new to management, but we need someone who's already managed people to prove that they can do the job. So she was very specific. How can I get experience managing someone while I'm still an individual contributor? And I was able to tell her, well, why don't you offer to train and manage the next intern that your group hires or the next contractor, temporary worker? And she did this. She approached her manager and her manager was very happy to delegate that responsibility to her. She learned about managing and Six months later, she got a job managing people. So she she got the promotion she was interested in. Right. So it's really kind of taking, you know, if, if you want to move into people, managing people, then looking at, you know, one thing that might help you get there. Do you have experience or, you know, have you done this, this or this? So that's really a, a great way and a great example. So thank you for sharing that. And one other thing that you had mentioned in your article on LinkedIn was to thank people. So what did you mean by, you know, thanking them? Is it through just saying, oh, thank you for having this conversation with me or, or more formal by sending them like a thank you card? I don't think it matters how you do it. It's sort of, you know, it depends on what fits with your style. Mm-hmm. If it's a card or an email or a phone call or whatever. But what I think is important is the content of that thank you. What are you thanking them for? And so what I have always enjoyed hearing is, you know, Karen, you told me this. And what that meant to me was this, you know, this Mm -hmm. is how it made a difference to me. I remember getting an email from a woman who worked at my company and she wrote to tell me that she had received a big promotion. And she thanked me in this email for something I had told her a year earlier. And she remembered it. She told me, this is what you told me and this is what I did and how I acted on it. And it turns out that advice had been critical for her getting the promotion. And it was something I only vaguely recalled myself. I really hardly recalled the conversation. But I appreciated that she said thank you. She took the time to write the email. But most importantly, I really was thankful that she reminded me of that advice that I had given her because that in turn gives me sort of insight into what is effective advice that I can share with other people. And she reminded me that, you know, basically it's worth carving out the time to help other people. You know, it was really, it was really impactful that thank you that she sent me. And I would encourage other people as you get advice from people you respect in your network to Think about and remember to thank them in the future when that advice has actually played out and has done something for you. Right. I think that's a really good tip. You know, not only just saying, you know, thank you for your time, but also saying thank you for sharing this. This is what I learned from it. And this is the impact that you your message had on me and what it did for my career, and my future. Right. Exactly. I was just kind of wondering, um, do you have any other tips about the kind of things that are appropriate to ask in a, a micro mentoring relationship? I mean, You'd given the example of, you know, how do I get experience in doing some things? Is there ever, you know, something that you shouldn't ask or are there some things that, you know, you should ask that are a must that you should ask of your micro mentors if, right. if you're going through your career? Well, I really think you want to learn from someone else's experience. That's what mentoring is all about. And so stick to the topics where the person you're talking to can share what they've done, what they've learned, what, even what they might have done differently. Because that's what they know. Um, and sticking to those types of topics is going to be very effective for any kind of advice you're seeking. Okay. What kind of challenges do people face when, you know, they're approaching people that maybe they haven't approached before about advice? Uh-huh. I, you know, so many people have 
shared this with me on what I'm about to tell you. And I think the biggest challenge or the excuse, the biggest excuse I hear is that person is too busy to help me. And they just make this assumption that the person can't carve out any time, can't um, help them out or whatever because they're very important and established and they've got a big job and everything. If we look at this, if you ask someone and they are too busy to help, they'll let you know. But chances are they will carve out the time because it's flattering to be asked for advice. And often this can be a very lightweight kind of, you know, a half hour meeting or a 10 minute email that you can send back to someone. So don't make that excuse if you're thinking about approaching someone. Don't tell yourself, oh, they're going to be too busy to help me. Mm hmm. And conversely, like when you do email them, um, do you think it'd be a good idea to say, I know, you know, I, I know I understand that you have a heavy workload and you're really busy. Could you take this time to answer it for me? Or if you know anyone that might know the answer to this, could you connect me with them? Do you think that's an oh, acceptable sure. way to kind of get your question answered? Oh, sure. And I think being specific about how much time you'd like for them. Can I talk with you for 15 minutes about this specific topic? You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, being very specific that you're not expecting to spend a two-hour lunch with them or something like that. So I think being um, specific about how much time you think you're asking. And then, of course, if they can't help you, if they could introduce you to someone else or point you, move you, up, you, know, move you along in your, your quest to get this question answered. So what about when you're in a micro-mentoring situation and you might reach out to two people in different industries, but you ask them the same question, but then they both give you contradictory information. So how do you kind of determine, you know, what's best for you? Right. Well, I think that's going to happen even if you're only getting advice from one person. You know, you might not trust that advice or you might not agree with it. In any situation, you're going to have to use your best judgment to determine how to react to that advice. Mm -hmm. It may be that they just don't know enough about your personal style, your work style, or the situation you're dealing with, right? So they're, they're going to be sharing their experience and you have to decide what to do with it. And of course, if you're really um, not sure what to do, you can always ask a third person or a fourth person for advice and round out the advice you're getting and decide the right course for you. Right. So it really is kind of a little bit subjective and a little bit based on what your experience is and what you're kind of looking to get out of this information. Absolutely. Yes. We are kind of running out of time today, so I kind of wanted to ask what uh, final message you would like to share with our listeners about this topic, you know, maybe some final pieces of advice. Yes. Um, so don't be intimidated by asking someone for advice. Chances are they, like me, will be flattered and will be happy to share their experience. And then also, um, don't assume that mentoring and micro-mentoring can only happen with someone who is older than you are or has more education or is above you in your organization at your company. There are experts in topics at all levels of the career ladder, at all levels of your experience. So don't always think you have to go for, you know, and work with someone, seek, seek someone's advice who is more experienced with you than you in your career and uh, kind of open up the opportunities for who to get advice from. Well, there you have it. Be sure to take that time and don't be intimidated by the experts out there in your industry. Be sure to ask those questions and you'll get the answers you're looking for. But that's all the time that we have today on Moving Up the Ladder. So I just want to thank Karen for joining us and sharing her expert advice. We do appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Katie. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljanradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, just send me an email at aljanradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm Katie Chesney with LGN Radio, and I'll see you next time.